0: You're listening to petliferadio.com. And welcome and good morning or good afternoon to all of you out there. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next thirty minutes here on Pet Life Radios. Only call in live radio. So not just call in, you can appear in by joining us joining us on Google Hangouts. It's kind of fun. So uh, if you want to touch base, you want to give us a call, you want to join us, you can go on to the Ask the Vets tab with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, www.petliferadio.com. And you can click on the tab and then you'll see the box will come out. And you can go down to where it says join the conversation. And we have added the Google Hangouts link so you can join us live right here. Otherwise, you can also call us in at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877 385 It's really, really easy. And we can talk, talk pets, anything you want. I want to thank our sponsors, ProSense, Pet Products, and Kong for allowing us to be here with you. And having just finished the this crazy holiday time, getting back into the norm, into the groove, but hope all of you had a really fun, safe New Year's, staying off the road, imbibing maybe just a little, not too much, and uh, had a good time. We had a good time, actually, You know, here in the Hollywood area. It's so cliche to say this, but I must have seen about four first-run movies that are up for consideration, either at the Golden Globes or, you know, any of the, the big movie awards, the Oscars. So what happens is when you are a member of the Guild, and um, because I'm a SAG, a Screen Actors Guild member, we get these screeners. And, and there's some really good movies out there, I got to tell you, it's great. So one of my friends, not only does he, is a producer. So he's, of course, member of the Screen Actors Guild. He's a member of the Producers Guild of America. But he gets all these screeners too, because they get to vote. And he has a home theater That puts any theater to shame. And we're talking these great big recliners. Seats kick back. The legs come up. His screen is a 103-inch projecting screen. It has full surround sound. I mean, it's amazing. It's like being in the theater. And it's 10 times more comfortable. And um, uh, so I got to see some pretty good movies. The Revenant is really good. Sicario is really good. So if you have a chance to go out there, get some R&R, get some relaxation in between all the football games, of course, and see some see some good movies. So already, you know, it's a new year and Christmas is over. Hanukkah is over. New Year's is now over. And what I'm starting to see, and I kind of expected it, it happens a lot, is I'm starting to see the new puppies and new kittens. And I mean, kittens are pretty easy. I mean, if, if you have any questions with your kitties, how to get them trained, if you will, you know, certainly chime in. But, you know, to run through some basics of kittens, kittens need a few things. First of all, they need a safe room, especially especially if you are going to bring a kitten into a house with resident pets, dogs or cats or whatever. So they need to have their freedom, their freedom to just be themselves and learn and to grow and not have to worry about being hunted by that big nasty dog who probably isn't nasty at all, but the kitten doesn't know that or another cat that's sitting there saying, wait a second, wait a second. This is my house. This is my territory. What are you doing here? Get away from here. So we have to give them a safe room in the safe room. We're going to put their food and water. Of course, their litter box, their scratch post. I hope depending on where you live, you know, here in the city, outdoor cats, I think are really at a major disadvantage. I have many cats and they're all indoors and they do just fine. They don't have to get out. In fact, Two of my cats are street rescues, literally off the street. One of them, Black Ninja, is a magnificent. He's probably about four now. He's fairly good size. We're talking a 15 plus pounder. And he was totally a street cat. So we brought him in and no microchip, no notices, no neighbors knew about this cat, no records, no anything. So he became one of ours. Anyway, so at first, at first, he would hang out At a door, and when the door would open, he would make a beeline. But interestingly, he knew where the food was coming from and he turned right back around. Now, now he could be sitting in front of a door, leaving it wide open. He won't even venture outside. He has no interest, no desire to venture outside. He's got it made here. So, a good thing to do is uh, to get them to teach them to use their litter box, use their scratch post which of course you'd rather have them use their own scratch post than that really cool comfortable couch in the den that he thinks oh my god look at this scratch post this is huge so obviously we want to train them to their own so what we do cats have scent glands in their pads so we can use you can take them up to wherever you want them to go like their scratch post and you can rub their feet Up on the post, they'll get the feel, they'll get the texture. They like vertical texture a little better than horizontal, but either one will do. If you want to cheat a little bit, if you have a cat that seems to like catnip, you can actually go and put some catnip, either catnip spray or catnip up on the different levels of the areas of the scratch post. Interesting also, cats naturally are hunters, and cats like that vantage point fairly high up. So even though it's a little more costly, even though it might be a bit more of an eyesore in the room that it's ultimately going to be, which pretty much should be in a major room in the house, you want to try to get a tall one and a tall one with little perches. And you'll notice that a lot of cats, more cats than way more than they're not, love to be up high, chilling on that perch. And they get the whole vantage of the house, of the room they have the vantage over the other cats or dogs in the house so they can see, am I safe or am I not safe? So I think that's a good idea. And what else could you do? Oh, so as far as litter boxes go, one more thing. Let's talk about placement. And I, I know we've talked about this before, but for many of you out there that are new and may not have heard this discussion and have cats, so many of us like to kind of keep two things away, hidden away in a dark place. You put that scratch post in the guest room that is, maybe the door is open to the guest room once every two months, and and you want the cat to go there. Well, guess what? The cat does not want to go. The cats are not anti-social. Cats are maybe not as social as dogs. They thrive a little bit more, being independent, but they don't need the pack, but they still like to fit in. So when you have that cat that you're trying to mold into a great family pet, and then you want to put their scratch post down in the basement, ah, it's not going to work. They're not going to use it. They want to be where you are. They want to be with you. So so think of it this way. If you're sitting in a den, the best place for that scratch post to be is right smack in the middle of the den. Now, of course, that's going to block your view to the TV or to the fireplace or whatever, or the coffee table is there. So that's not going to work. But you want to keep it in an area that is prominently, prevalently traveled. So it's a very prevalent area, it's well-traveled, it's busy, and that's where cats want to be. Then once they start using their scratch post, then you can move it a few inches a day to maybe against the wall. But you want to keep it in, in that room, and it will be used. It is going to save your furniture. And there are ways we could talk about it in another show, how to keep cats away from their other unnatural scratch posts, the ones that you don't want them to use. But same thing with litter box. Litter box, best thing to do is first you know, take your kitty up to litter box. They love that feeling of sand. They love to cover up their feces and their, their excrement, their urine. So it's a natural instinct of theirs. So take them over to the scratch post and take their paws and kind of let them feel the sand, put them in there, let them, you know, they'll get the sense. They'll know what it is. But again, though it's better for you to have one of those covered up boxes, it's not necessarily better for them. Because when they're in one of those covered boxes and it's got that little charcoal filter and it eliminates a lot of the odors. Yeah, I get it. But when they're in there, they cannot see what's going on on the outside. So there they are in one of their most vulnerable positions, if you will, quite literally. And they are nervous, anxious because they're a sitting duck for any predator that might be coming their way. So therefore, they don't like it. So to put that scratch post in a closet somewhere, in a dark space, or get one of those covered boxes, and then you scratch your head and you wonder, how come my cat's not using it? That's why he's not using it, because he doesn't want to use it. He wants to do it someplace where it's more open. So again, depending on your cat. Now, if you have a cat that's cool and good with it and it works, great, go for it. But if your cat is not using the litter box, you might want to think about a few things. Number one, change its location. And of course, change the type of the litter, whether it's going to be the pine shavings, whether it's going to be the clay, whether it's going to be the little beads, but whatever it is, flushable, non-flushable, throwaway clay. They have their own likes and dislikes, just like we do with our food, our ice cream, our cereal. I mean, they like certain things. They don't like certain things. So you have to figure out what they like. But once you do, you'll be in good shape. So puppies, on the other hand, interestingly, puppies, there's so much variability. I had a cute little puppy, a labradoodle that came in and, you know, the first puppy in this family. So, of course, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of nerves. And the kids are thrilled. But, of course, it's the parents taking care of it. And one of the things that puppies like to do is play. And how do puppies play? How do puppies play with each other? And how do puppies play with their new family? They are very oral. Their mouth is on everything. So when you have small kids and those ultra-sharp, razor-sharp, Puppy deciduous teeth, it could hurt. So early on, it's like the issues are not so much the medical problems; it's the behavior issues. How do we get the puppy to stop chewing? How do we get the puppy to stop biting? How do we get the puppy to to to, to house train, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And you know, it, it's so funny to watch how it's for us for that new pet parent, or even an experienced pet parent with a new animal, with a new pup. How there the difference in expectation is where. Now, after three weeks, the wife and kids love this dog, want to work. She sees all the improvement. And I was talking to the husband and he wants to, he says, this isn't working out. We shouldn't have done this. I think we need to rehome this dog. And I'm like, why are you joking? You've had this little rambunctious, drop dead adorable puppy for three weeks and you're ready to give up? Come on. It's expectation. So what I want from all of you is to know this is not something that's going to be an overnight success. This is going to take some time, and it's very important that you know that some of the problems that you're going to have and some of the solutions that we can make for you. So here we are at that uh, halfway point of our show. We are going to take a quick break. Here are some words from sponsors here on Pet Life Radio, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some puppy, good puppy stuff. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups, and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are very formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews, the only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops... And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff. We were talking before the break about puppies and how this is the time of year. Many of you may have gifted a puppy to your kids, maybe gotten a, a puppy, a new dog, a rescue dog for yourselves. And you're now starting to doubt yourselves. Uh-oh, did we do the right thing? Is this the right dog for us? And the truth of the matter is, most likely, yes. But you have to certainly Learn your pet, just like your pet is learning you. And you have to have the correct expectations. Things aren't going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like, you're not going to get that perfect dog. Case in point, my son adopted a dog recently. He has a, a French Bulldog and he wanted to give his Frenchie a playmate. So he was online at the, this English Bulldog rescue site. And there was an eight-year-old, maybe nine-year-old English Bulldog. I hate to use the word abused, but I'd say he probably was neglected. He was thin. His skin wasn't that in great shape. And he looked so sad, my son thought, you know even though bulldogs aren't one of these dogs that live to fourteen or fifteen or sixteen typically, but even if he can give him a few good years and let the end of his life be way better than the first part of his life so he adopted him first of all, it took all of maybe 20 minutes for him and uh, Carlos his Frenchie to uh, to start really doing well together but what's so interesting is that here's a dog that when he comes to our house and we have lots of them we have five dogs two of the dogs and he kind of clash now why is that i have no idea but you have to understand we know nothing about mo's history we know nothing about the dogs that he may have been with or not with dogs that he may have had altercations with products toys whatever it is so you know they have gotten some growling firstly nothing major but I realize that with, until they get more used to each other, we have to, my expectation is such that we're going to have to keep an eye on him. Not that I'm not going to have Moe come over. Of course he is. He does great with the other animals, but he and my yellow lab, Tommy, have to work it out. And it's usually over something, though I did hear what it's not over food because I never let them eat together. But it's the, you know, there are a lot of toys around the house. He's picking something up. But there is definitely something between these two And I hear it when they tense up and they walk near each other. And again, we don't always know what it is, but it's something. And instead of just giving up, we just have to respect that something and work with it. Same thing with our puppies. Puppies, you got to teach your kids. They are going to teethe. It's natural. It's the way they develop. It's the way they communicate. It's the way they play. So therefore, it's not they don't have the dexterity to put on that baseball mitt and start throwing a ball to each other. All right, or throwing the Frisbee to each other. No, 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 no. It's all about the mouth. It's about the paws, of course, but it's the, really it's the mouth. So we don't want to, we can't stop a natural, normal inclination. So we have to work with it. So I teach kids that when littermates are playing, puppies have to learn what we call bite inhibition. That's how hard they bite or bite before they start getting resistance, a vocalization, a cry, or a growl from a litter mate or from mom. And that's how they learn. So kids, depending on what role they want to play initially, I usually just teach kids to say, scream on the top of their lungs, ouch, and typically the dog's going to look because the sound's going to freak them out. And he said, whoa, whoa, what was that? Because that's what a litter mate used to do. A litter mate used to cry when they got bitten, when the bite was too hard. And then give the dog a replacement. You don't want to say no. No means you can't chew. Well, God, if I can't chew, if I can't play with my mouth, I'm going to be a mental wreck. My teeth aren't going to come in properly. I mean, there's so many problems with dogs not being allowed to chew. Dogs that think they can't chew, they can't play bite. That's how they learn. So it's us knowing and understanding this and working with them. And the same thing with bathroom mistakes. There's failure. It's most likely because you're expecting a little bit too much too soon. Give them time. Be consistent. Don't reprimand when they go to the bathroom in the house, because that's only going to teach them that, oops. I guess I can't go to the bathroom in front of my parents, in front of dad, in front of mom. So what happens is they become closet. They wait until you're gone and they're going to just go all over your house. They won't go out when you take them out. They're afraid to go in front of you because they got yelled at when they went into the house. They don't know what the reason they got reprimanded was because it was in the house on mom's white carpeting. They thought they were being reprimanded for the actual act of relieving themselves. So now when you're standing right next to them outside and they're on the other end of that leash and you're saying, come on, buddy, it's time. Go, go. He's looking at you. What are you nuts? I'm not going in front of you. You yelled at me last time I went. So we have to understand that the mistakes are going to happen. Keep them confined. uh, Put them on wee wee pads, something that you don't mind cleaning up. Dogs don't wear diapers like this when they're being trained. So you can't expect them to get it right away. They get it through positive reward, taking them off, often. Accidentally, they're going to go because they have no reason not to. They're, they should have no fear about going. And when you they do, you praise them like crazy. And that's how they're going to learn. So we can talk about this stuff forever. If you have any questions, get a hold of me. Dr. Jeff, Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. If any subject about now that you hopefully maybe got you or your kids a new pet for the holidays and you just need some help, just send me a, an email or join us maybe next week. On Google Hangouts, and um, we'll try to get some answers for you. So, a um, couple of things I like to, you know, I always kind of peruse some of the news sites, the pet news sites, and there's some really cool things. First of all, there was a story that was about, you know, like when you go to that dog bowl and you're in the kitchen, and your pet walks up to that bowl, and they are making a mess. They are slopping up the water; it's all over the place. You need paper towels or towels around when they're done, and you say to yourself, "Oh my God, you are such a slob! Who taught you how to drink?" Well, guess what? This scientifically proven that the way they lap up their water is the most efficient way to get water the way they use their tongues so i guess slow-mo photography has shown this and it's sloppy but it is it works best for them so when it happens let it happen again back to expectations now that you know that is normal that is their normal Because when they're outside someplace near that stream lapping up, they don't care how much water ends up on the outside as long as they get enough on the inside. And that's really the best way they can do it. Speaking of which, there was an article that Cornell University did its first in vitro fertilization. And they're not doing it because they want to recreate dogs or animals to be exactly like the last one. That's not the reason. The reasons for doing it are more scientific to try to eliminate genetic issues. If there's an endangered species that's having a tough time mating and we don't want to lose that species, then IVF is a great way that they can actually propagate the gene pool and keep these species alive. So it's not so, oh my God, my dog is so great. I want to have another one just like him. Exactly. Guess what? It may not be the same. You know, think about all these situations that, you know, siblings growing up in the same house, identical twins, even they're not always exactly alike. And you can raise two of them the same. They have different likes and dislikes. There are so many other environmental factors that go in to how we shape ourselves and certainly our pets that just because they are genetically identical, let's face it, so many times when we have multiple births, which dogs usually do, a lot of the genetic material in these dogs is exactly the same. And yet, guess what? They don't turn out exactly the same. So just understand that, that's not the reason. It's more for scientific reasons. I think it's a great idea. And one last one. I'm, there are a lot here I'm gonna that I've looked. I've taken notes. We'll go over next week some more. But I thought this was very interesting. Again, talking about dogs in multiple pet households and multiple pet situations that dogs that know each other are more willing to share their food, their toys, their belongings, than with dogs they don't know, which clearly explains why Tommy and Mo are having their issues. They don't really know each other. But Tommy could be eating and one of my other dogs can go right up to his food bowl and take some food and he's fine. Some dogs get very, very possessive, but the more dogs know and like each other, recognize each other, the more willing they're actually to share their food and their toys. I think it's really, really cool. Whereas strange dogs, what they call donor dogs, did not have the same feeling. They would growl if another dog came near them when they were eating if they didn't know the dog. So um, it's amazing how we talk about recognition and this social structure and how dogs develop these traits. I think it's fascinating. So anyway, thanks for joining me here today on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, once again, sorry we didn't get any of you to join us on Google Hangouts. We want you to join us. Come on to Google Hangouts. Just sit in front of your, little, your, your, your screen if you got that little camera. And um, we have the link for you where it says Pet Life Radio on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. And you can come on live, join us, talk to us, bring your pet, put your pet, put your pet in front of the camera too. And if you want me to show me that sore on their skin, I can take a look at that or show me their eye or whatever it is you want to talk about. Uh, we can do that as well. So uh, have a great week. Everybody we will be uh, here uh, same time next week. I will be on location uh, coming to you live from Mammoth Mountain, California, getting some uh, my snowboarding in, but uh, we will um, nonetheless, Uh, be with you next Sunday. Have a great week, everybody. And once again, thanks to ProSense Pet Products and Kong for our sponsorship. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petlightradio.com.